Hi, thank you for listening to another incredible A-City Church podcast. I hope that the preach will both encourage and challenge you. At A-City, no one is perfect, but anything is possible. If you would like to find out more about our church, or if you would like to partner with our church financially, or make a once-off donation, please go to www.acitychurch.co.za or check us out on Facebook or Instagram. And I was thinking, because, it, because, because we, we're talking about principles, and, and principles that if you apply them to your life, the teachings of Christ, principles, uh, they will change your life forever. And, and, and it's more than just a foundation because it overflows and it impacts the world that you are placed in. And um, I was reminded of, of the, the, the prophecy of Joel in, in, in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is uh, poured out on, on the day of Pentecost, which was a Jewish festival that they still celebrate to this day. It's a festival of harvest, and the Holy Spirit was poured out, but that's not important what kind of festival it was. The fact is it was on that day. Jesus had said to his disciples, go and wait, and they were praying and everything, and the Holy Spirit came. And then uh, Peter, in trying to explain the phenomena of what had happened when the Holy Spirit came down upon these men and women in this upper room in this house who were praying, and, and when the Holy Spirit came down upon them, it just became like wildfire, just power. It wasn't kind of people getting drunk and stupid and falling down and rolling over and slapping their faces. and There wasn't anything weird like that. What it was was they were speaking in different languages. And, um, and, and, and the interesting thing is that they spoke in languages that, that people who, who were the audience people who had heard this commotion happening, who ran up to see what was going on, could kind of go, whoa, hang on, this is weird. You know, these guys are acting completely different to the way that they were acting the day before and the day before and the day before because they've been praying for such a long period of time. I I hear them speaking in my language. I didn't know that guy could speak Greek or I didn't know that 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 guy could speak, you know, Japanese. I don't know that that guy could speak. And they were speaking in language that they could understand and they were speaking about the glories of God. It's a very powerful thing. And, 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 And that's a, you know, was this visible sign that the Holy Spirit had been poured out. But then, then Peter tried to explain the phenomena. He says this, he says, he says and, and he quotes the, the, the prophecy of Joel. And, and Joel said that in the last days, God would pour out his Spirit on all flesh. And, and, and that's the interesting thing about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. I find that fascinating. You will prophesy, you will speak something. You know, you know, prophets never spoke their own words. The prophets in the Old Testament only spoke God's agenda. They spoke whatever God, so they, they, they were considered seers. So, so they spoke the word of God. And, and, and so that's where we get the term man of God coming from. Prophets spoke the word of God. Very interesting. So, so, so on your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. So, so the Holy Spirit's pouring out on 
the birth of the church, literally, is that the believers who were gathered, who received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, would, would prophesy. They would speak the word of God. And I'm reminded of, of the prophecy of, 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 um, of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. He had to prophesy, he had to speak life into. And I think that, that these principles that Jesus teaches us, when, when, when we, we're supposed to be prophesying, we're supposed to be speaking into that, like what Hilton was doing just early on. We see visions. The visions that you see are not visions of like UFOs. And, no, the visions that you will see are visions of God. Visions that God has inspired for you to see about you and Him and His plan. That's the vision. And you, and, and, and you have visions. And, and sometimes, you know, like my friend John Groves. The, for those of you that know John and Yvonne. Uh, John and Yvonne. Ah, John and Charmaine. The reason I say John and Yvonne because um, they were my pastors when I gave my life to Christ. John and Yvonne Stegman. Hello. So just like, you know, it's a default setting. So forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. But anyway, yes, I think John, uh, uh, John and Charmaine, they, they are dreamers. They, they have dreams. And they'll come, and they'll, they, you'll phone me and say, yo, I had another dream. And, hey, God showed me this, God showed me this, God. And in this dream, I saw that. And, and it's so vivid, and he's having conversations in this dream. And, and, but yes, the thing is, those dreams come true, and those dreams are part of the plans of God. And those dreams are speaking in the Word of God. And it's powerful that when we apply these principles as Jesus is trying to tell us, we're supposed to be different, Christian. We're supposed to be living different, thinking different, behaving different. And, and, and the thing is that, that we hear it now and it's easy, but we forget when we're in the thick of it. When we're in the thick of it, that's when we're supposed to be applying these things to our lives. So I want to continue in this, um, in this message the Life Builders series. And I've titled the Life Builders series being builders, being Jesus. Because he's the life builder. And it's his principles that he taught us in the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew, five, uh, Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7. Starting off with the Beatitudes and it moves on. In fact, I love the Beatitudes as principles. Fantastic principles. Be attitude, be attitude. You know, Jesus deals with your motive straight away. In fact, the whole of Acts chapter, Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus, it's the longest recorded sermon in the New Testament written by Matthew. So Matthew put it in there. What I find very, very fascinating about the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus starts off with motive. Get your motive right. Attitude. Attitude is everything. Your attitude, Christian, is everything. And so this, where we're going to go today is the part three. Last week I started this thing with grounded. Because I think that we've got to be grounded. And I spoke about the wise and the foolish builder. And we're going to pick it up from where I ended off last week. And then we're going to move in. But basically we're looking at three things in being grounded, because Jesus said we need to be grounded. Because what I find in 
in the, in the principles that Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount and beyond, way beyond that. But just in the Sermon on the Mount, those principles that he laid down, he's laying them down because he has in the audience of those thousands of people that he's, he's teaching, those believers that are in his midst, he has these 12 disciples who he's raising up to be the future church. And he's going to empower them in the next three years. He's going to empower them to be the powerhouse that you and I are experiencing today. Because this church never, ever sleeps. This church never, ever will be killed. This church never, ever will be destroyed. Never, ever. Because it is Jesus' church. And Jesus said, I will build my church. That's what he came to do. And you and I constitute the church, the called out ones, you know. So, 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 so being the ecclesia, which is the Greek word, we, we were called out. Jesus called people to himself. And as we are called out, we, we, we and apply these principles to our lives, it will. So what I find in these teachings, there are principles that shape my perspective. And these are the things that we're dealing with. Because God's shaping us. Jesus was shaping as he was teaching those, and, 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 I, and I kind of ended off last week saying, you can, you, you can picture Jesus, you know, kind of in a modern context on a hill, and he's got this, this, this fantastic digital screen, and, um, you know, he's got his clicker. He doesn't, in fact, he doesn't even need a clicker because he's just like, you know. And, and the slides change according to as he wants them. You know, and you can imagine what he's building. You can imagine the kind of presentation Jesus would, would be doing. But, but the fact is, he's got his 12, he's got his 12 disciples there, and he's going, hey, you guys are leaders. And I'm, I'm, I'm pulling leaders out of you. I've called you to lead. I haven't called you to sit in the background on the peripheral and be a non-entity on earth. No, I've called you to be people of significance, and I've called you to make an impact and a difference in this world, and that's why I'm calling. And so I'm, I'm giving you these principles. These principles, this whole audience, is you need to listen up. You need to listen up because I'm shaping you. I'm shaping you according to this is King Jesus speaking to you. That's basically because it was, his inaugural, it was his inaugural message. It was kind of Jesus establishing his, his, his message after he's been, hey, I'm King Jesus. Think about it. And these are the principles of my kingdom. And if you're going to be part of my kingdom, this is how you're going to have to behave. And the first thing and the most important thing is that you need to be a leader. Because I, don't, I called you to be the head and not the tail. I called you to be a person of significance. And when I'm talking about leaders, I'm not talking about a person who's kind of holds a position in life like Hilton is a leader in gifting, but he's also a leader in his company. No, we are leaders. Jesus called us to lead, to take lead in everything that we do. And, and, and to take on, and so he gives these principles, and, and you'll, you'll see that they, they shape our perspective. These principles shape our values. He deals so much with values. It's kind of, what are your values? What are your values? I have, I have a, 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 one value I have is a value of last word. That's my, uh, one of my personal values. I've got a whole list. But, but one of my personal values of the, the, the value of last word. And so, you know, if Ricky and I are in a conversation after church this afternoon, and, and, and we're like, hey, that was a great service, and Ricky said, hey, thanks for the word. That word was really great. 
thank you. That really meant a lot to me. That's really cool. Awesome. Fantastic. And then we high-five one another in the car park, and he goes home, and I go home, and everything is cool. And then Hilton phones me up later on and says, hey, you know, Ricky called you a skabango, you know. I was just with Ricky, and he just said that you're the biggest skabango on planet Earth. I'm going to say to Hilton, listen, you're an idiot. Because his last word to me. That's what counts, because I believe he's a person of integrity. Hello. So Jesus, in this great teaching, that's what he's doing. He's saying to these 12 guys, he's saying, hey, listen, I want to put some principles in your life that's going to help you be the best that you can be. But you've got to understand, it overflows from me. It overflows from me, and it is me. So when you behave like this, you're behaving like me. Because this is how the subjects of my kingdom behave. So let's read the scripture. It says, and, we, and, we, and we're picking up, because you know the key text, the key text is from, uh, let's not forget it, John 8, verse 31 to 32. And um, this has got nothing to do with the Sermon on the Mount, but this is the key text of the whole Life, Life Builder series. But it's good to start there. It says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will what? It will release more freedom into your lives. So we are embracing the truth that will release more freedom into our lives. That's what this is all about. And we're looking at the principles of perspective, the principles that shape my values, and the principles that shape my potential, because you have a a potential within God. But we kicked off last week looking at Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, and it's right at the end of the entire teachings. This is Jesus' wrap-up, where he brings a parable. Remember, Jesus spoke in parables. He taught in parables. Parables was a great way in which he spoke. So he brings this parable right at the end to close off this long sermon. And this is what he says. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life, and applies it to his life, and I said this last week, that's the key word you've got to underline. Applies it to his life. Not, not runs away from it, applies it to his life, can be compared to a wise man who built his house on what? An unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came, because they will come. That's what he's saying, because they will come. You're not excluded from that. They will come. With the fierce winds beating upon the house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man. So there's the wise man and the foolish man who built his house on sand. And when it rained and it rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept Away. Hey, hey. What a great parable. But a scary parable. Because it contains great truth. If we apply the word of God, because that's the teaching Jesus is saying, my principles the truth. If you apply the truth to your life, this is what's going to happen. 
Your, your foundation is unshakable. Because you've taken the word of God, you're not just listening to it, but you're applying it to your life. And we've got to get into application. I've got one of my Bibles, study Bibles at home, is, is a life application Bible. I like it. It's a life application. It's application. You can apply it. So you're reading stuff there, and in the column there it's got applications. Try this, pray like that. Do this, do that, do that. Great, great, great Bible. Life application. Go and buy yourself one for Christmas. They've got different versions, which is cool. The New Living Translation is pretty cool. The Passion Translation that we use so much is only in New Testament, in Psalms, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon. So it's only there, and it's like more, sold more as a book, but you can get that on Take A Lot for 350 rand. How do I know that? Because I ordered 20 of them for all our staff and leadership team. Hello. Because I believe in these principles that are there. You see, the greatest asset that you and I as, the, as a believer has are the principles found in the teachings of Jesus. And we have it in the form of a book called the Bible, the Word of God. Because Jesus is the Word. It's the most valuable asset you have. You can pick up any book and try and attack those bombarding thoughts that come against you. And get, at the end of the day, it's going to be that one verse that's going to give you the reason. And it's just going to help you to push through. And I'm not trashing all the other stuff because that's important. And there's huge value in great wisdom that come through. Maybe even a different philosophy, it doesn't matter. But the reality is the Bible, the Word of God, it's who it's coming through. You see, these teachings and these principles is not just kind of coming from an individual. We know that, that, that you know, the gospel of Matthew was written by a guy called Matthew. And he didn't, he didn't go, go into a trance. He didn't kind of like go into a funny thing and then, you know, he felt like this move and started to write the scriptures. No, it's nothing like that. It was Matthew, a tax collector, saved by the grace of God, called out by Jesus. Followed him. And after Christ's death, he decided, I want to write a story about him. Because, man, this guy, whew, the impact that he had. And so he starts to write. That's how it is. But there's the Holy Spirit who inspires certain things in his writing. Making use of his personality, making use of his style, making use of, of, of the guys that he's interviewed and everybody. There's the Holy Spirit. He's just giving those little, those, 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 those quick things that you need to write it like this. Write it like this because it's important. Put it like this. That thought that you have there, put it in like that because that's going to make difference. That's going to stand for all eternity. So your greatest asset are the principles found in the Word of God. 
The greatest asset any believer, you and I, are the truths that are found in God's Word because Jesus is the truth. He is the Word of God, the truth that sets us free. That's the truth he's talking about. When he talks about the truth in, 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 in our main text in John, he's, he's, not talking about, he's not talking about truth as in truth as we know. He's talking about the truth himself. The principles that he's teaching is the truth. And if you take a hold of the truth of what he's saying about you, that's what makes the difference. It's the truth. The truth becomes something powerful in your life. It's interesting to note that the philosophy of postmodernism, for example, which is a leading culture, by the way, rules out truth. In fact, it says simply, truth does not exist because there's no absolute. And you can't have an absolute. So in other words, what they're saying is, 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 is if, it feels, if it feels right, then it must be truth. So if it feels right to kill someone, it must be truth. Because there's no absolute. Now Jesus is saying, if you, if, if, if you find the truth, if you know the truth, and you apply the truth to your life, <laughs> listen, it'll change you forever. That's what he's saying. Because these principles... They'll give you a better perspective of life. They'll change your values on how you see things and how you function and how you operate in your workplace and in your family and in your friendships. It will change things. And it will release the potential that God has placed within you. Because you know that inside of each and every one of you is the seed of greatness. That Jesus placed the seed of greatness inside of you. I was going through a massive episode the other day. I won't go into detail with that. Because it's too painful. But the interesting thing, and I, and, and I recognize this, is just the attack of the enemy. I'd written, I'd, I'd written the day before in, in, in my journal. And my daughters encouraged me to write when I, when I have these, these, these things happen. Write, write, just write. And I wrote in my journal, this is, this is what I wrote, I said, I'm a 55-year-old, messed up, broken, servant of Christ, who God, by His provenient grace, because that's what it is, by His provenient grace, is meticulously, piece by piece, Putting me back together. In fact, I use the word fashioning. Fashioning me back together as his masterpiece. Because when he's finished with it, you see, because he's placed, he's placed the seed of potential in you that is so, there's greatness in you. But we have one opportunity. And that's why I'm saying get these principles. If you, if you hold to the truth of what I'm saying, it's going to set a foundation for your life that when the storms of life come. That's why it gives that parable. 
when the storms of life come, because they're going to come, yes, you will feel it, but you will be unshakable. Unshakable. You may weep. You may feel like Carla's feeling doing that offering message because she's not well. <laughs> I love her. She's not well. She's doing the offering message. The floor is full of junk. That's devastating. No, you're going to feel that. But there's a lesson. You'll come out of that and you'll realize, God, you know, you're so good. God, look what you've done. Look what you've done. God is so good. But you see, we know the truth exists. Because the truth exists in the Son of God who is the truth and the life. Or King David, my favorite character, like Hilton's favorite character is Joshua and Caleb probably. Am I right? Of course. He's, a new, he's an Old Testament guy. He's an Old Testament guy. He loves the Old Testament. Not that he's a Pharisee. He's a great leader. No, but, but, but he loves the altars. He loves the character because, because there's so many f- phenomenal principles of God's journey in people's lives and how God had been faithful to the cause right throughout, as he was quoting today about Joshua. But I love King David. King David, is, that's what I'm writing about, his story in, 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 in um, I almost said Acts chapter 23. <laughs> his story in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, which they always quote at funerals. I, I'm writing it as a book for now. There's something about this, the heart of this man that, that, that I connect with. But listen to what he said in Psalm 119, verse 105 to 12 in the message translation. Check this out. By your words, I can see what, where I'm going. By your words, or by the word of God, or by the scriptures, by the Bible, by the teachings of Jesus, by the principles that he's placed, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. Everything's falling apart on me. In other words, the storms are here. I'm going through a tough time. I'm feeling the pinch. I'm feeling it hard. They're hitting my enemies, hitting me left, right, and center. Everything's falling apart on me. God put me together again with what? With your word. That's my go-to. That must be our go-to. Put me together with your word. Festoon me with your finest sayings. God, teach me your holy rules. My life is as close as my own hands. But I don't forget what you have revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track. But I don't swerve an inch from your course. I inherited your book of living. If you've got a Bible, hold it in your hand. I I inherit like Joel Austin. You know, this is my Bible. There's a lot of truth in what he's saying. 
You know, a lot of people mock Joel Osteen because he's, he, he's, he's, he's such an encourager. I don't know what they're looking for, but the fact is that he's, he always teaches the Word of God. He's always bringing you encouragement principles from the Word of God. And all he is basically saying in every book that he's ever written, in every sermon that he's just, please just apply this to your life. And if you apply these to your life, you will see. But it's all the Word of God. Hello. And he was a cameraman. He was in the production team in his church. Huh? And his fa- I mean, by default, his father passed away and he had to take over. And he was relaxed. He said, no, I don't want to do that. I'm the cameraman. I'm happy being the cameraman. Look today. We're one of the biggest churches in the world, for goodness sake. We must stop being jealous, man. <laughs> my life is as close as my own hands, but I don't forget what you have revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track, but I don't swerve an inch from your course. I inherited your book of living. It's, and I love where, where this, you know, Eugene Peterson, who went to be with Jesus about two weeks ago, said, I inherited your book on living. It's mine forever. What a gift! And how happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. There's applying. If you apply it, I always have and I always will. (laughs) These principles, these teachings, this word, this truth, when you embrace it, ladies and gentlemen, it will release more freedom into your lives. When we embrace it, we're like the wise man who built his house. On an unshakable foundation. But everyone who heard the word does not apply it. His life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. I think Jesus is trying to tell us something. We have this book of life. And it doesn't matter what we're going through. And we are varying degrees. But I want to tell you that God's with you. I ended off my little statement. I was going to post it on Facebook, but I couldn't. Because that was the severity of the episode that I had. But the interesting thing is I, I, I penned at the end of it, the Lord is my shepherd. Because I understand this. You see, God's not a God who sits on his throne in heaven and he's not interested in you and you and you and you and you. And you know, you may even lose. You may even lose, but you haven't lost. Because God's still got you. He's still got you. He's still got you. As I was talking to God about this thing I was going through, I had typed out a a message, a, a distress message 
to my family, and to friends. You know, and I say, this is bad. I really need your help. Is it okay if I can speak like this? I said, I really need your help. And I threw my phone down on the floor. And I couldn't connect with God. I just couldn't, I couldn't connect with Him. There was no connection. There was nothing. It's like He was so silent and He was so not there. And then the phone rang. And I saw it was my wife. And I thought, well, I know you would respond straight away. And immediately she said, are you okay? And I said, well, I explained to her what was going on. And, and she prayed with me. And then next minute, Michaela phoned. And then next minute she was there. And Debbie's away. She's in Port Alfred. She was doing a wedding. She's back this afternoon at 3. So she'd been away for the last few days. So Michaela was counseling. And so she came home just at the right time. And then um, my son in the faith phoned in the middle of our chat. He just phoned in the middle of the blue, you know. Pastor, are you okay? I don't know you. For those of you on our leadership, remember Koki and Babawa. He's my son. My Tosa speaking son. And he phoned me. I'm worried about you. That's what his first words. I'm worried about you. You're on my heart. Are you okay? Isn't that weird? But you know what I realized afterwards? The message hadn't sent. Hilton responded. The message hadn't sent. It remained unchecked. Unsent. Michaela showed me that. She said, cheese. But I realized it's because God is not a man that he should lie. And when he says, I've got you, that I know every hair on your head that is numbered, and you can go read about it in, in the Sermon on the Mount, you'll, you'll find Jesus speaking again about these things, the faithfulness of God who knows you so well. You may not hear his voice. You may not feel his presence. But he's there. And he's faithful. And he's going to rally the troops. And he's going to put the team together. And you're going to be okay. Because God will never forsake you. He will never abandon what he has begun in your life. 
These are the principles we find in the Sermon on the Mount. No wonder why Jesus said, if we just apply this to our lives. We have a solid foundation. And the storms will come, but they will not knock us down. And at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel, God, God, it'll just be God. God.